and here we are, still in it. Another episode from quarantine. My head hurts. I know I should be doing some physical activity, but between work, shows, Zoom meditation sessions, and figuring out how to cook wilted bok choy, I never seem to get around to it. I never got around to it in regular times either, and I think that's the thing. This pandemic just makes us more of who we are. I read that this is not so much revealing the problems in society as much as it is pouring gasoline on those systemic issues we all face. Well, I think the same is true for other things. Extreme moments just heighten everything. I'm even more excited about putting on a turtleneck. I stay up too late. I eat golden Oreos by the handfuls. I think that's why my head hurts. It's just so much of us all being the most we can be all the time, and it's getting a little exhausting. But at least when the clock strikes 4 a.m., and I insist on a very loud antique clock to be installed in every residence I've ever lived, I know that I can at least let my physical form melt away, and I can rejoin the cosmic consciousness that is the Deep Night. Hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm so honored to be your host, guiding guru through this next hour of regrets and revelations that we call the Deep Night. We come to you, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And it's spring, fully and finally. I know, because from my window, I've watched every single leaf and blossom form and come into its own, and I've tracked it in my tree journal. I've watched as great swarms of green-yellow pollen swirl and twist down our block, leaving a fine dust that gathers on the cars or clumps around the black iron of our neighbor's fences. The Gowanus this time of year has a little filthy pollen sheen that rides just on top of its usual slick of oily rainbows and pigeon feathers. Today on the program, we have two creative individuals. First, I talk with a fantastic comedian, podcast host, game show host, and twerking expert, Atsuko Akatsuka. Based in Los Angeles, where she's lived for most of her life, Atsuko and I connected instantly over creative impulses, soothing voices, and using movement as a means of staying grounded. We talk about how she and her husband are making through this time, and she fills me in on her fast-moving trajectory, which, like everyone else, has encountered a bit of a pause with the global shutdown, a little hiccup, as it were, on the path to fame. And after our conversation, we'll hear Kingdom, a song from the new EP, perfectly the same, from Brooklyn-based musician Cammie Maltz. I found her video, which featured some spontaneous dance numbers scattered throughout Manhattan, to be very calming and reassuring that the city does in fact still exist, just miles from here, but now a place I haven't been in, I don't know, months. I miss New York City, as I've said, and this song filled my heart. So that's up at the end of the show, but first, let's go to my conversation with the brilliant and very funny Atsuko Akatsuka. Atsuko, hello, welcome to The Deep Night. Thank you so much for having me, Dale. Yes, well, I'm glad we could make this work. We were going to do a show months ago, and then that didn't quite work up, work out, and then we had a little back and forth, but here we are, uh, making the connection. I know. I am so sorry we had to meet this way. 
(laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. I was looking forward to uh, being there in person with it. Now, it seems to me uh, uh, no one is better equipped uh, to to deal with this moment uh, than you in terms of having lots of uh, set up at home. You have uh, uh, no shortage of ideas. (laughs) That is so kind. No shortage of ideas, but definitely a shortage of Wi-Fi. And oh, yes, critical. My goodness, it's just, uh, it, I never thought I would be talking this way where I sound so like shallow and so about just being connected all the time. But that's all we have right now is if you don't have good Wi-Fi, you truly can't even talk to even friends or family, you know? It, it, it's true. It's true. And uh, I gather probably not everybody has it and I, I feel for them. But uh, it, it's and even even when you have it, sometimes it's a little spotty. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for the longest time, people, you know, people were like, "Oh, people are always on their phones." You know, people people don't know how to interact in person anymore, and the virus was like, Haha, "How about we speed that process up?" You know, <laughs> right? You want to see what that really looks like? Yeah, yeah. Forget, this is it. Forget human interaction. You were on the right path, millennials. Stay on the phone. Stay on your screens. Everything they were killing off turns out we don't need. That's right. (laughs) Those millennials. Not not people, but avocado toast and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, avocado toast. I guess they were being blamed for a lot of uh, uh, deaths, I guess, of of things that we used to treasure. Us of Gen X or older. But um, (laughs) What, uh, What other things have died off because of millennials? So I'm a millennial. I'm... I don't know where in the millennial scape. You can say whatever. Oh. I, I won't be offended. I, I'm, a, I'm a, quite an old soul. But um, what were some of the things that uh, they were killing off? Oh, I think it was like uh, home loans and, oh, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, I think really working in the office. <laughs> that was something. But now, look, it doesn't matter. That's Probably true. they were not really so much killing off things and they were just being blamed for things that were generational shifts or technological shifts and now it's like hey guess what we were right all along uh you don't need that stuff and society it could probably be uh rebooted yeah that's very true just starting from scratch starting from scratch i mean even yes. even in the past when you know uh people were for some reason the people telling me that like millennials or you know younger people are um just wanting to be online all the time and we need to take a break, take a second. Actually, it was like other millennials that were telling me, you know, to, uh, to take uh-huh. a break, take a second. I miss the old days. I miss, I miss, re- I miss record players. Remember analog? And it's like, we were 12. What do you, what, what, what is this nostalgia you're making up? You know, where it's, like, I miss the old days. <laughs> Meanwhile, the actual old people, my grandma is like, Help me get back into phone. Help me get back. I locked myself out, like desperately, just frantically trying to get back online, you know? Right. I don't know if I think it was just the people I was hanging out with. Well, that could be. Uh, But I know that there is some kind of, uh, there's always a little bit of a crave for a simpler time, I guess. But not not by the people that lived it. Right. (laughs) They're saying, no, I want to, this was supposed to be easier by now. Yeah. Help me with uh, uh, enjoying this time. That's what it is. They were like, no, sim- simpler. No, connect me to FaceTime. Let me see your goddamn face, you know? <laughs> right. I do wish that uh, uh, my parents would figure out how to focus the FaceTime, though, 
uh, because I've spent a lot of time talking to lamps and ceiling fans. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that, that it's just a mirror. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it to them. That if they, What they're seeing on the screen is what I'm seeing. And I'd much rather see their face. I like the lamp. But right. uh, <laughs> but anyway, Asko, how are you sleeping? I am sleeping like a baby. Okay. Really? I have yeah. never. You, yes. Do you feel like you've reverted to a kind of your natural rhythm? Yes. Yes. My natural rhythm of barely going out anyway and <laughs> only going out at night for stand-up shows. So that's the only thing that really changed is I'm not out till midnight or later. Um, right. But during the day, I was always like at home, working from home, writing jokes, writing from home, you know. And uh, so, you know, I still stay up as if I was out all night. You know, I stay up. It's just on the couch, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> with the Netflix. And um, I don't know if it's because I drink. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's the amount that I drink, but I, I sleep. I I just I sleep well. You go right out on club couch. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Have you been sleeping? My whole life, I have always been someone who uh, stays up too late. And uh, I, that's why I ask about the rhythms, because my natural rhythm apparently is about 1, one thirty is when I'm ready to go to sleep. And I don't like getting up much before 9.30 or 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I've, I've completely snapped back to that. That was kind of like the teenage years. And now I'm right back there. And uh, that's okay, but uh, I'm still supposedly working from home. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, but so one, okay, one one thirty is when you go to bed, you wake up yeah. like nine, ten thirty. That's That sounds more like my, my kind of guy, Dale. And also yeah. is that yeah. getting back into um, that kind of uh, your, your nightly sleeping routine like that? Is, is this why we call it deep night? Yes. Is that what you call a deep night? <laughs> yes. Well, originally, uh, I was only uh, afforded a time slot that was about between 4 a.m. and 5. Uh, <laughs> so I, I thought, well, let's call it the deep night, not quite morning, a liminal space between zones, if you will. That's so funny. 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. is when um, my roommate is allotted uh, to be on her laptop, on her internet. <laughs> So we've we've had to like uh, what is it siphon? We've had to like schedule internet times in the house, like yeah, some, rationing. Yeah, because like I said, there wasn't enough Wi-Fi, and she's a super night owl. Um, she's oh. she well, or like super early morning person, I guess. So we were like, we I mean, mostly joking. We were like, what if from four to five is when you get to you know, just have the Wi-Fi to yourself, you know, and then five to six, you sleep six to seven. My husband's on, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So give us the picture. How many people are there quarantined with you? Oh, just the the roommate, the husband and you (laughs) and me. Yes. But um, my my husband and I have been, um, God, we're just deep diving, but uh, (laughs) uh, my husband and I have been role playing a lot. You know, oh. as a way of, I think, survival, keeping our imaginations going, keeping our marriage yep. going. It involves the roommate or doesn't? Uh, no, it doesn't involve the roommate. Okay. It's just, All right. Just, That's probably best. Yeah. We want to. Yeah. Although I've been saying that I wouldn't be surprised if people have gotten together with their roommates by now. 
Anybody living with a roommate, that's a common law marriage now. Oh, for sure. For sure. Even if you don't see them romantically, that is your life partner. I want to ask you about the role playing, but I want to just, I mean, can you imagine being cooped up with someone who is just a roommate? And then, I mean, the things that you will have to talk about years from now, I mean, you will be bonded. This is such an experience to have gone through with a basically stranger or someone who's not related to you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it really like ups your, your relationship, you know? Yeah. To it's survival mode. You're trying to survive together. So yes. how can you not fall in love? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How can you not start thinking this is my partner for life? Uh, yeah. Or not, you know. Yeah, but even the things you talk back, you know, you, you look back and talk about, let's say you have post-quarantine uh, reunions or something, the person you were quarantined with kind of reunion. Kind of like a yeah. high school reunion, like 10 years later, you know? Right, right. Yeah. You talk about how you sat on the couch and <laughs> ordered pizza and got far in Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, uh, rationed toilet paper. <laughs> right. Uh, rationed Kleenex, a- you know, and moving mm-hmm. on to, yeah. Just some sad gatherings to look forward to. I know. And I only have so many of the things you named. Like, I don't have Animal Crossing. Oh, you got to get it. Uh, But tell me about the role playing, because maybe you could just uh, basically simulate that. Oh, sure. Uh, You mean like right now with my voice? (laughs) No, I meant you could do that too. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I do like hearing those little animals talk. But no, I meant uh, if you. Uh, we're role playing with your uh, husband there. Right. Uh, one of you could could be a, a part animal. I don't know what the what the parameters are. Oh sure, no, it's that's the nice thing about your imagination. It's endless. It's yes. endless. The re- real life is limiting. You know, you you only have the things you have. But in your mind, I have hundreds and hundreds of rolls of toilet paper and and you know and Craig and Rob and Chris and. Matthew, all of them in line to sleep with me. You know, it's it's all, and that's that's kind of how our role plays have been going. Is um, well, it sa- it sounds as if it's mostly on him, and uh, he's just playing a number of just differently named fellas, right? With one syllable names because it's just um, <laughs> it's been easier to stick with the one syllable names for him to switch yeah. characters, you know, and to yeah. remember their names too. Um, it is yeah. a lot is of. Is there work. any danger that you would call out Craig when you mean Ted? Oh, well, they're, they they take no offense. These guys are so chill. <laughs> they they are chill. They are ready to serve. Um, it's, <laughs> and it's Good. it's me time. It's very much me time, and my husband helps support it. You know, um, I haven't played any characters, but I'm I'm not much of a. I think I'm realizing I'm not much of a character person where I can feel completely secure um, putting on a wig and being able to build a character and backstory and then just sort of, you know, that's like maybe that's why I'm a stand up. I feel most comfortable as me, as myself. And, you know, yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I always admire people that can just do a character. And really commit to it, you know, to the point where you think that person is really the, the character. I mean, it's mind-boggling. I know. And imagine having to 
go to bed, you know, as, as like, are, am I going to bed as the character or am I going to bed as me, you know, right. myself? Right. Um, do you take the wig off, you know, when you, when you do go to bed or do you even need the wig? You know, it, um, I, I have a lot of respect for people who can seamlessly go into a character and just know everything about that other person. Isn't that so much to already have to know about you, like your actual self? And now you have to remember a whole other person that you made up and what they're into. It's, I, my mind would break, yeah. honestly, I if I had to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> much respect, like, Dale. So much respect. It also seems like you have so many wigs. I have a lot of wigs. Yeah, I have a lot of wigs <laughs> um, because of my former attempts to think, you know, oh, maybe I'll do characters. Maybe I'll do, maybe, maybe sometimes I am a front facing com- comedian, you know, front camera facing uh, right, comedian. Right, right, right. Uh, and so I've collected wigs over the years and other like sketches people ask me to be a part of, but also for my live show, Let's Go Otsko, an element of it is that I have like character comedians um, on stage as well. So that's why I have like all these wigs and props and costumes actually in a closet in my house. Um, I got, I, I, and I noticed uh, just uh, watching some of your videos from, because uh, you have a podcast too. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the live show, it's the live show as a podcast. Um, live for, show as a podcast. Right. But you have a nice uh, setup there with a lot of furry things and monitors, and it looks very professional. Oh, thank you so much. Or is it psychotic? I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> surrounded by cartoons. Yeah, I have these furry. They're they're all, I'm a furry. I mean, that's what I've turned into. But it's, yeah, so the setup is, yeah, like I have two monsters like furry monsters and uh and a and a cat one of those welcome cats that you see at Japanese restaurants that kind of waves its arm towards you yes yeah uh, um yeah is yeah a symbol of good luck is that what's happening there it's more like welcome welcome i think oh okay i think it's more yeah i mean that's why the hand comes down and up it always looks like it's like raging out like <laughs> like <laughs> listening to metal or something metal music um right or swatting at a, a mouse or something is what I always thought. But it's it's waving. It's welcoming. You know what, Dale? That's more like it. It's probably swatting at a mouse. Here I was going crazy with what the cat was doing. Of course, it's just a basic. It's catching a mouse. It's not listening to metal what? music. What am I talking about? Here, no, I appreciate that you are able to take the imaginative leap. Because I'm just, I, what I'm saying is right now, I'm just reduced to all base instinct and all base maneuvers. Mm. So uh, just as I've reverted to a sleep thing, everything now is just survival. What are we doing at the, and I think it takes this kind of, I don't know if it's millennial or not, but a little <laughs> bit of magic that you bring to say, hey, it could be raging out to music or welcoming <laughs> you. Let's not just, let's, let's be more. Let's try to do more with ourselves. Dale, you are so soothing and you are becoming my, my supporter, my like moral. You are such a moral support. You support everything I say. Who does this for you? You, you make me feel good. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) Uh, No, my wife, Galinda is very, she tries and, uh, you know, 
Well, she tries. She does. Uh, she's a powerful energy healer. So a lot of her time is devoted to healing other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I get a great deal out of all my conversations with my guests, too. Right. So with me. Does it? OK, that's yeah, we yeah. we live different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I like hearing other people's stories, too. But um, yeah, yeah, sometimes like that ego, it's hard to find the right balance between an ego where it's like, well, I have things to say. I want to talk. I have stories to, you know, oh, my goodness, this other person. How long have they been listening to me for? How are they? You know, <laughs> right. and, you see, uh, I think because I'm part Canadian mm. uh, that I have this instinct to never interrupt <laughs> and to just always say I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry for intruding. Um, into, into the day, into the conversation. So sometimes I have to fight against that impulse to actually get the conversation going. Right, right. The half Japanese person in me totally knows where you're coming from. Aha, aha. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I had a question for you uh, because I, I, I often I'm talking with someone who I've met or I've uh, I've seen in person or I kind of get a sense of their trajectory. Mm-hmm. And uh, in your case, uh, my experience of you is seeing some uh, twerking videos mm. and then all of a sudden a uh, let's go. Let's go is everywhere. Uh, there's a podcast. There's a show. Was it on Quibi? There's a lot of things happening uh, from you. And so I wondered what was happening uh, between sort of what, what what is your trajectory to go from kind of finding and maybe I'm wrong in my timeline uh maybe you were doing something before the twerking but uh, what 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 was it the, the, that you got onto the scene were you living out there in Los Angeles I've been in LA yes I well, I grew up here since I was 10 so I came here as uh-huh. a kid and stand up is where you know I I started with stand up um yeah 10 years ago I started stand up and then I had to take a tiny little, not break, but I couldn't do it as much when I went to grad school thinking, it's the smart thing to do. Economies crashed. I should go get two master's degrees at the same time. Psychotic. It was psychotic. And so I couldn't do stand-up as much. But when I came back out of um, grad school, I was like, I'm going to hit it hard. I, I, I missed being able to perform, you know, night after night, I, I want to do that. And uh, I, I love making people laugh and writing jokes and the crafting of jokes. And so I, I hit it hard. And then I was, um, yes, it was, it was stand up, stand up, stand up. And then I was like, what other things do I enjoy that I can share to the world, you know, as well as, you know, um, performing live? Because I, I really like to connect with people on socials on the socials because um it's just a not just a wider net but also i you know i'm very open about my life and the things i do and my family i talk about my family most people by the time so you know i i so i like that kind of process of like okay when i do stand up um they'll you know the people who will come see me will know that I have a grandmother who sometimes twerks with me will know that I, (laughs) I twerk, um, that I have a husband that I sometimes force to do choreographed dances with me. And, um, (laughs) and, um, so yeah, it's, it's like this intertwinedness of like, you know, um, I don't know. Yeah. Is is this making sense at all? Where, like where the twerking came from and 
or the game show too, you know, um, the game show was also a way to marry like my, my real life experiences with my comedy. So the game right. in the game show, uh, I get to do stand up. I do my comedy as well as write jokes within the games that I have my guests play. And yes. I also get to, um, like talk to guests in a fun way that I've always wanted to. Uh, and so it was marrying a, a bunch of things that I love and being able to put it on stage and share it to people. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I think it's it's very very smart, and if, uh, you know, so much of uh, getting honing your stand up voice is uh, being able to communicate who you are right away, and for the audience to kind of know where you're where you're at, and if you're making reference to it, what you've done is paint a wider picture and let people in into all of your experiences, so that when they're coming in informed when they come to see you, or at least you've. Uh, uh, I mean, they could get, they have access to that information and that informs the comedy. And then that also uh, uh, informs these kind of other outlets. So by the time you get to game show, people already know a sense of who you are and they kind of, uh, they have built up a trust or some kind of relationship to whatever your internet presence is. And uh, it's probably very helpful. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the kind of tough part has been like, you know, making sure that, well, not tough part, but it's important to make sure that they all stand alone as well, you know? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm still just being me. I'm still being me, and it's the same sense of humor and same type of jokes coming out of me, whether it's just you see me doing stand-up or you catch the live show or you just catch my dancing on Instagram. It's um, still the same personality. So, right. yeah. Right. Right. It's remarkable. I mean, it's consistent. And the fact that you've been able to activate it across all these different platforms, I think, is uh, admirable. Uh, I'm, uh, would I say jealous? Perhaps. (laughs) But also, I I greatly admire it, that you can do that sort of thing. And that's what, to to me, is... well, I'll, I'll just say I admire it, and I think it's wonderful. It's it's been the trickiest part for uh, me, who because I'm not necessarily native to some of those things. Mm, mm. Does that make sense? I, I mean, I think there's the uh, that you mean you. Don't... I have to learn how to do that or present myself in that way, in that I, that's not how I grew up necessarily. Oh <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay. I think I'm starting to get what you're putting down. You mean like you can't just as Dale start twerking one day? Is that what you're talking about? I think now I could. <laughs> now I understand how to do it. But I think in terms of the, the 20 years of doing uh, this stuff and doing comedy, uh, it w- I, I just always look at younger people and say, my gosh, how do you do it all? Mm. How do you get it all out there in all these different ways? And, you know, I've learned a lot uh, by doing many things and just kind of plowing ahead with it and sometimes failing with it. Mm. But um uh, I'm always uh, just, it's impressive to, to me and it takes me a moment to shift into the right gear to to do it. And I think people who have done it from the beginning are better off because as I said, uh, audiences want to trust you. They want to know that you're going to be fine and they come in with a certain level of expectation and uh, uh, comfort. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, that's not always easy to do. I don't know if this makes you feel any better or I don't even know if that's what I... Uh it's the right term because it's not like you feel bad about it because you're, you're great and amazing. And, um, 
Um, See, you're giving me some positive vibrations, oh, and I appreciate that. Oh no, yeah. I mean, I'm um, because I, I, you know, I, I, I've uh, like for me, it's I see the TikTokers and the twelve-year-olds who know themselves so well, and I'm just like, how do you know exactly where your how your body is supposed to move? First of all, okay, yes, you yes. memorize all those moves, and then this crazy, like the crazy different kind of comedic editing that, um, like TikTok or uh, platforms like digital platforms like that require. I'm just like, I don't even know. Because first, to even be brave enough to make those kinds of videos and have that kind of presence at like 12, okay, you have yeah, to be yeah. so confident, so self-confident, so know yourself, what you like, what you don't like. I'm just like, I just barely found that out maybe like this year, like what I like, what I don't like. And <laughs> and so, you know, for me, there's things like that too, where I, I, I do admire it. I think it's cool. And is a part of me a little jealous, like you said, like maybe, who knows, you know? And, but, um, you know, for me, like I had to, in a weird way, like I didn't have the, there wasn't enough. I think, I think when I was starting, when I was starting stand up, you know, um, like I feel like the face of stand up, the, the world of stand up comedy didn't, like it, it became, um, it really, became more accessible to people more recently, you know? Um, yeah. You know, when I started 10 years ago, like 2010, you know, there still wasn't like now, like Netflix has a new special out like every week. Um, people are just so online. People are on Amazon. People are listening to podcasts. Um, so there's a wider net of comedians that people are able to people, regular civilians, are being trained to listen to stand-up comedy. You know, they are yeah. learning how to listen to stand-up comedy and what stand-up comedy is. And then, and then you can, which is cool because you know, um, then there's different kinds of faces, the the wide net of diverse comedians and comedy that you can watch from just regular like set up punchline type of people to more storytelling type of people to, you know, maybe even more experimental comedy, uh, like yeah. Julio Torres' yeah. special on HBO, My Favorite Shapes, you know, and... Terrific, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, but we, we didn't always have that kind of platform. And I think that's why I kind of what I took to social media because, you know, just doing stand-up alone, there wasn't, you know, as a woman and, you know... Um, and there weren't that many Asian female standups at that time besides, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and so, you know, to get stage time to really like put myself quote unquote out there, <laughs> I hate that. So uh, to put myself out there, you know, I was like, right. Yeah. The, let's like, uh, it, it just meshed with my personality too. So it, it happened to be, um, a good, a perfect, a good marriage, you know, where I was like, I like, I'm an open book. So why not, you know, start an Instagram? Why not also, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at shaking my butt and I like doing it. So why not also post that? You know what I mean? Like, or I'll stand up alone sometimes, um, couldn't get you in the room yet because there was, um, a lot of people who already, you know, um, 
Yeah, they did. So there's a line to get in. Yeah, held that space. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, quirks of recording this way that we are is that sometimes there's a little hiccup now and again. And I don't know if this will make it in the final recording, but the way you just said, shake my butt, Mm -hmm. the way I heard it, it Mm -hmm. went, shake my butt. Oh, yes. <laughs> and a very p- pleasing little, like a, almost an auto tuning that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, like sh- do it again. Shake my butt like that. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Have you, <laughs> I think have, we got it. Have you, do you dance, Dale? I do. It's one of my great joys. Now, uh, like a particular style you like or. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like the disco beat, but uh, I'm a very freeform dancer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I like it funky. Yeah. I like things funky. I can see it. I can picture it. D- dancing yep. funky, the disco, There, there's hips involved. That's where, that's where my power lies. I like to shake my butt. Right. Are you a, <laughs> so you're like a lower chakra person. I think so, yeah. Do, yeah, like uh, the energy comes from just the groin area, hips, booty. Um, and it does, yeah, I, I feel like I'm a lower chakra person too. Uh, and it doesn't, I, 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 I'm throwing the term around like I know what it means, lower chakra. Um, yeah. Maybe sometimes I wonder if I literally think that uh, it means if you dance with your butt that you're a lower chakra person. It must. I just think, (laughs) I think it makes you more of an open-minded person if you don't mind, like, moving your butt, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you can uh, be in touch with your body and to be be sensitive enough to move your hips. You see some people, they can't, they don't move their hips at all. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. And those tend to be a little uptight or something. But if you can really do it, that means you're kind of you can get low to the ground. You can understand the plight of the common man. <laughs> I agree. You can get closer <laughs> to the earth. You know what I mean? That's right. That's what I'm saying. Now, uh, speaking of this kind of uh, thinking, uh, and I appreciate the the you laying the trajectory out like that in terms of how you got into the comedy. Are there things that um, in your personal life, especially in a moment like this, that you're turning to uh, as a lower chakra person in terms of self-care, things, uh, methods that you're uh, going with, if that's crystals or healing baths or anything like that? See, I see. We, uh, you know, I, I never got into the crystals and, um, in, you know, is incense and um, other things you burn, I guess. See, I don't, I know very little about it. Uh, so I just go for like what I have, which is mostly my body. So yeah, a lot of um, just dancing, a lot of it's dancing. It's so important. But it's I've, so important. I've always done that. So it's not like, I guess the quarantine hasn't changed me, Dale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, I noticed so you have the, you had the, a show too, right? There's a video or uh, going to do stuff. Forgive me for forgetting what it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, where I yeah. learn things from the world. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. So we did. We had one that was in common because I had a little series, just a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. where I would be called Spending Time With, and I would go out and, and do stuff. Whatever the guest suggested is what we did. And uh, so we drove around New Jersey with Chris Gethard. We did a psychic reading with Eleanor Friedberger. We did a, uh, an aerial class with Sashir Zameda. 
Gorgeous. And, uh, you did one of these aerial clashes too. Right. I guess this year was the, so good because this year is like knows her body and eff- um, effortless, effortless. Yeah. 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 But, but for me, even though I, I like moving when I was trying to get into that hoop, the lira, mm. I don't think people understand just how difficult it is. Did you find it difficult? It seemed like you did okay with it. You were getting into the silks. I was getting into the silks of the aerial. And uh, it is, it's, you know what it is? It, well, like I, I am quote unquote athletic <laughs> in that, you know, whatever. I've been dancing all my life. And, yes. but, but it is once you have to start, you know, it's pole dancing too. Pole dancing is the same. Pole dancing, any circus type stuff, right? Like aerial, all of aerial. Um, yeah, it's different parts of your muscles that you're using. Then when you're just on the ground, um, you know, letting gravity do its thing, right? Like you're grounded. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the craziest thing we do as humans, I think, on the day-to-day, if we do it day-to-day, the craziest thing we do as humans is when we jump up in the air and we have to come back down. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Because that's like we defy gravity for two seconds. You just jump up out of joy or whatever. You come back down. Wow, you did it. That wasn't supposed to happen. You're not supposed to do that. Um, and (laughs) (laughs) so, and then Ariel, you got this thing where you're like hanging off, hanging from the ceiling and it's like a circular thing. That's what you're talking about, right? The hoop. Yes. Yeah. You, you're like, you're up in the air and then you're supposed to like hang from it. And then also while hanging from it, you know, you have to wrap your body around this hoop and then gracefully spin around. It's so hard. It's parts of your body. You're even Thinking in ways you never do. Your brain doesn't work this way. Your brain's trying to figure out, A, how you got there in the first place, you know. <laughs> right. You're at this aerial yes. studio. B, my gosh, this um, this contraption, this this hoop. Do you touch hoops every day? You know what I mean? If you don't touch hoops every day, even it feels different in your hands, you know? Yeah. No, I'm not a hoop toucher. How I don't do, have a lot of hoops that I can touch. So what did you, how did you do? How did you do? How did you end up doing on the hoop? Very poorly. The, the 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 part where I thought I was just going to die of laughter because I could not pull my own weight up into the hoop. I had my legs over the thing and I was trying to just get into Once you're seated, it's like you're on a swing. Right. You know, okay, that's not so unfamiliar. You can deal with now doing complicated moves is another thing. But in terms of just being up there, okay. But pulling your own body weight from your arms, my feeble arms, as it turns out, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then it started making me laugh that I couldn't do it. Right. Uh, it was my response to, to fear, I guess. And uh, I just, I, I thought I'm just going to, this is it for me. I will never move from this position laughing until I just uh, blink out. <laughs> <laughs> that is a scary, that is actually a scary thing to think. You know You know what I yes. mean? Like you had a moment of fear. I mean, you were laughing about it, but uh to to be like that's it this is it that is yes that's yep. a, that's a scary thought and you know I always laugh when people say that like oh then that was the end of me but um but if it really was my God I don't Sashir so would be a suspect she would be the first suspect oh for sure and then the aerial teacher 
Yes. Now, luckily, they did not just let that happen and didn't let me expire, but it pushed me up into the hoop. And that's how I, I, I guess now I owe them my life. I have to see this. I'm going to, can I find, can I find it and see you doing this? Yes, I'll send it to you. Perfect. Oh my it's God. It's available. Oh my God. And speaking of uh, things that are out there that people can uh, consume and enjoy, your album uh, came out this year? My album came out this year and then other projects I had to start working on and was pairing that at the same time. So yes, my album came out in January, but it feels like 400 days ago. And <laughs> it, right. also the quarantine, I think every day it feels like a hundred days. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm deciding to not take a birthday this year so oh. that it just doesn't count. Although on the other hand, it feels like I will have lived maybe 10 or 12 birthdays. So I don't know which way to go. <laughs> that's so interesting. You're not taking a birthday. That's being, that's being kind to yourself and saying, I deserve better than this birth, this kind of birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we just need, we need a, a radical rethinking of everything and I'll go, I'll start. <laughs> I love it. Here I was being like, Maybe I'll do a live stream comedy show on my birthday. I'll wear this dress. Yeah. And then we'll Zoom meeting. Here I was just planning the shit out of my birthday. And you that's a way better idea, Dale. Just like celebrate not doing it. That's what I say. Still have a celebration. There is no reason not to celebrate. I mean, other than everything that's going on. But uh, <laughs> I mean, celebrate these little things, whatever joy we can find, do it. But uh, no, uh, money doesn't matter. Uh, everything is, uh, turns out it's uh, built on a flimsy set of lies. You <laughs> might as well skip it. <laughs> what are numbers? What are we doing? What's time? That's Anyhow. True. <laughs> no. And it's, it's your, it's a controlling, uh, controlling the way, controlling the thing you can control, which is the way you think about things. And I do a little segue back. That's what my album's about. But I control me. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes I really can't with myself. I'm just like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) so stupid. Calm me down, Dale. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, people can buy the album now, though. They can enjoy it, can't they? Put it on their own celebrations. Yes, people can enjoy it. People can listen to it. It's called "But I Control Me." It's on all the platforms that you listen to things at itunes spotify etc google play my gosh i didn't know you know i've never used google play i looked at that once (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i was like oh yeah it's there it is okay well (laughs) if you say so (laughs) if you say people choose that over spotify and itunes sure yeah sure okay yeah (laughs) good for you yeah i'm glad you have a i guess a google phone i guess that's when that would happen look i don't know these things dale if i did i don't know either. if i did i would be making some money fixing people's phones mm. right now okay yeah or, or telling yeah. them about different apps wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something that's that's the life yeah totally instead i'm taking tips for live stream comedy shows where you get more tips if you end up shaking your butt, you know? So there I am. Yeah, hey, follow your <laughs> bliss. <laughs> well, Otsko, this has been so wonderful uh, to have you on and to talk with you. I so appreciate it. It was so wonderful to speak with you, Dale. It was great to meet you. We will meet in person. 
after all, yes. all of this is over. And I uh, hope so. Yes. Lots of love, best wishes, bake some bread, and fuck a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the the best advice I've heard. <laughs> I just, I just, the- I just, all I did was spew back what you said. <laughs> well, uh, uh, what I said was great. Yeah, totally. I just said it back with more rigor. That's all. I like it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, best wishes and good health to you and uh, stay safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope we get to do something in the future in real space. If there is a real space after all this, even six feet apart would be fun. And do check out Otsko's show, Let's Go Otsko, which continues during quarantine and podcast and video form. All right, so now the song Kingdom from Cammie Maltz. And if you like what you hear, be sure and give Cammie a look over at her Patreon account, patreon.com slash Cammie Maltz. And a lot of musicians have been hard hit by this thing, so if you can find a way to offer direct ongoing support to artists, well, I encourage you to do so. And uh, for more on Cammie, you can visit her website, cammiemaltz.com. So uh, let's hear uh, Kingdom. What if we never had our own little secrets And those small things we say to each other
what if we never had our own little secrets? And those small things we say to each other were never said. What if this wasn't temporary and I had to face the world alone? So used to having you right by my side, I couldn't breathe even if I tried. Wonderful. Wonderful. Friends, that will do it for us this week. I so enjoyed your company once again. I've put a few dents in my good pots banging for the frontline workers, so I guess I'll be getting into metalsmithing again, something to look forward to. Until next time, remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Season 12 podcast icon illustrated by Lars Litaro. Deep Night Season 12 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode is provided by the talented roster at Haller Hills Farm in Ohio. Production studio space provided by Harvestworks here in New York City. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or tune in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and this season... I encourage you all to leave your portals open.